0: So come join the FemFam and give us a listen every Friday. Streaming on all the major podcast platforms, including YouTube and our website, FemRegard.com. And of course, the Geekscape Network.
1: To another episode of horror movie night this week part of my continuous pick of movies that make me think of summer we are talking about it's alive 3 the island of the alive um so i have only seen this movie maybe one time prior and i remembered watching it thinking there's enough insanity in this movie to make a good horror movie night episode out of it and uh wrong <laughs> no i disagree because I forgot that there's also a couple of cameos from some of the heavy hitters of horror movie night, like Beef and Mo. <laughs> um, so well, I mean,
2: I don't, it's not a cameo from Mo; he's like in it the entire time. Yeah, he is and the
1: star. We...
3: And Mrs. Firefly. I'm going to throw that out there. Yeah,
1: Was that I had Karen to do Black
3: th- Mrs. Firefly. Karen Black,
1: and... yeah, yeah, from House of Thousand Corpses. Yeah, I had to do some googling oh, yeah. because I thought for sure. Like, there's part of me that's like, man, does this movie not make sense out of context of the other movies? Because, like, maybe Mo's character was the dad from a previous movie. But no, oh. <laughs> no, nope. it's oh. just a completely different storyline that just is like, yeah, this is a dad. Take it or leave it. So um, one thing
2: I want to say just before we really get into the movie is that um, so the It's Alive movies are Larry Cohen films. You yes. know what else that he wrote that we have discussed, and I think that we should keep in, this in mind anytime Larry Cohen comes up because I think we give him more credit than we should. Uh, he wrote Uncle Sam, which yeah. is oh, yeah. a huge flaming pile of dog shit. I mean, it's great for us, but it's no masterpiece. I'll tell you, no. <laughs> like and like Larry here's the Cohen, I, I always I forget that Larry Cohen was kind of a terrible writer, you know, like I, <laughs> like did he write the stuff? Because I feel like the stuff might be his only really Yeah, he did the stuff. He did Q the Winged Serpent. He's really not fun.
1: No, I enjoy Q, but it's definitely not one that I would pick for this show. Um but I just I'm charmed by anything that has a claymation monster. So I'll right. I'll I, watch I, damn near that's anything. Your,
2: that's your <laughs> very own brand for Matt Kelly. So
1: I I feel like I like this movie the most out of the It's Alive movies. And I've only really watched all of them once. And I think this is the one that has the most sense of humor about the the themes while still trying to, like, make a statement. I feel like all the It's Alive movies are trying to make statements. This is the only one that was like, this is insane. Let's at least be goofy with it. And you get that right out the gate with the cab driver who is just.
3: <laughs>
1: so he's my favorite character in this movie, and he's barely in it. But uh, the movie starts with a cab driver running up to a cop. And he's like, there's a lady giving birth to, to a baby in my backseat. I don't know what to do. And the cop's like trying to help her give birth. And he's just saying, he's like, this is what I get for picking up pregnant women. Never again. This is insane. <laughs> <laughs> just, just so angry and indignant about the whole thing that's playing out before him. And then the woman gives birth to one of the mutant babies. And the cop screams, it's one of them, and pulls out a gun and just immediately starts to open fire on this baby.
2: <laughs> and the woman. Yeah. He kills the mom, too.
1: And oh, yeah, baby... he does light her up. Yeah, and then the baby <laughs> crawls to a church and dies.
2: Yeah, because it's like, just give me forgiveness because I am, a... <laughs> I am not God's creation.
1: which is where we jump immediately into the court case on what to do with these mutant babies that have been popping up. And this is where we get our cameo from beef, the lawyer. So Uh, good. He's, he's so just, he's so swarmy. Like he's just the most, every time you see him, you're like, yeah, he just screams bad guy that should probably die in this movie. Uh, And I love that. I wrote no one's names down, but Mo from,
2: from the stuff. Oh, can I tell you my joke about Mo? Go for it. They call me Mo because every time I have a baby, I always want Mo. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: he gives the baby a pep talk. He's yeah. just Like, oh, yeah. listen, these assholes don't want you to be around anymore. He I keeps think that's calling
2: Beef an asshole. So
1: he goes. So if this asshole wins, <laughs> um, but yeah, I love like I love the whole court scene where he's like reaching out to the baby and everyone's freaking out, and it's just it's a, it's a good little moment of pandemonium where you see that he's not, he's not just like being an advocate for these mutant babies. He really does genuinely believe that like things will be okay with good love and nurturing,
2: but Um, he's terrified
1: of it. He is terrified of it. Uh, But yeah, he's, he uh, it's, it's very strange. Um, But yeah, I, he loses the court case. Well, I guess they kind of come to an agreement that if, they can't have their babies. Their babies shouldn't be massacred and should be placed somewhere where no one can be harmed by them. Hence,
2: the titular island of the alive. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I have some questions about how they're surviving there because they're babies. They're mutant well, they're, babies.
1: Yeah, they're mutant babies. They can eat tree
2: trunks, I
3: guess. <laughs> <What the laughs> Yeah. I don't know. So I barely paid attention to this movie. <laughs> um like I got caught up in my phone a few times and I was like maybe I should rewind it but I don't know what happened the first hour. I had no trouble following the storyline. Yeah, like yeah it was like okay they're in court the judge determines they need to go to an island stop paying attention stop paying attention the scientists are on an island they get killed stop paying attention stop paying attention and then like 30 minutes later they're on the island of the alive and I'm like I feel like I missed nothing. Yeah, I feel like no-
2: the pacing is so bad, and I think the pacing's real roughness, really bad at pacing. Like I, it, that is his greatest was his greatest sin, in my opinion. It's just that his shit is all about like character development, and I, I get that, but at the same time, you're trying to make a, a compelling film, right?
1: Yeah. Well, Mo does what anyone would do when they um, break even in a court case, which is go to the carnival and, and he, find a prostitute. And find a prostitute right away. Uh, and this is where I decided that the casting choice of Mo to play someone who is described as so attractive he could be an actor is <laughs> wild that is a wild casting choice. yeah <laughs> like,
2: i feel like I, I feel like larry cohen was like you know i just need to uh do my good deed and i'm gonna tell mo that that you know uh not right out but i'm going to like imply that i find him to be a very handsome man in this movie just trying to make him feel better it, about him. What, I'm, what I'm trying to say
1: is if I was not a man, I would fuck you. <laughs> like, that's where I'm trying to get. here. Is that
2: really is, is this a is this a bit or is this like literally what Larry Cohen sounded like? I, I'm going with a bit. I, I would make love to you to you passionately
1: and and very hard very he's, he's hard
2: basically um carl from the aqua teen yeah oh yeah
1: never so much sweat during sex <laughs> well <laughs> um, we'll get to that next week yeah uh so as this is going on we jump to the island where a group of people are showing up at the island to steal the babies and we get something that i really like and something that i fucking hate thing I really like is we get a shot of a claymation baby crawling around. I'm like, all right, that'd look pretty cool. But, man, fuck the double vision POV shot. Oh, really my
3: God, huge. dude.
1: It drove me nuts every it, time that it cut to it. <laughs> it's just so bad. It's real bad. It's super unnecessary. Why do they need double vision? That's, yeah.
2: That's their superpower because they're superpower babies. That's not even a superpower. That seems like they're still
1: yeah <laughs> um but this is where we get probably our goriest kill uh where like these these babies come out and attack these people and we get like an arm ripoff and then there's the dude that's in the helicopter flying away and the baby's just like <laughs> from like behind and there's like a quick shot of blood splattering onto the the windshield and then the whole helicopter
2: explodes (laughs) out of nowhere it's awesome (laughs) yeah well okay so here's the thing is that you may like this scene because it's like the gorgias part of the, the movie but the guy um the, oh, I have a I have a note that says something to the effect of like, it's so low budget that you can see the guy with his arm uh, just held to his side underneath his shirt. Oh, abs- absolutely. Yeah, I wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah. But oh, oh, I found that. And then there are there are lines that we're missing with the prostitute, which I just I just put the brakes on the reality of the, the, the movie. And, and let's go back to the, the prostitute. And she goes, people think i'm ignorant but i got cable news on all the time all the time i was like this is so it's basically like she's exactly the conservative voter that i hate in 2019 I got the television on. That would never lie to me. Yeah, and it's always <laughs> yeah. cable news because you can't tra- trust the mainstream media. The lamestream media. Lame stream. That'll show them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, the prostitute has a
1: couple choice lines. Actually, we did skip over the point where they try to make the analogy that uh, Mo being the father of one of these... <laughs> Creatures is almost the equivalency of him having AIDS and not telling somebody.
2: Yeah, I think uh, that's kind of what Larry Cohn was going for, right?
1: Yeah. That's the vibe that I got, especially being 87. Like it yeah, feels like it uh, would have uh, been mm-hmm. part of that conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, and I actually think that, that I think that that's a powerful scene at the same time because it really like he really, you know, her just being like, You gotta tell people this shit before
2: you infect them. And it's like And then she's like, He touched me, he touched me. I'd be like. He came inside me. Like a, yeah. I, I'd be a lot more worried about that. Yeah. But I,
1: I I really do like that scene. Not for like a horror movie scene at all, but I was like, okay, this is actually like, you know, when horror's doing its social conscious side well, it's something like this. Other people have done it a lot better. A yeah, lot but, better.
2: But in the early eighties, mid eighties, whatever it was. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was, you know,
1: this is a conversation that still wasn't really happening then. Yeah. So like, kudos on that. I'll give I'll give Larry Cohen the golf clap at least. <laughs> um, so somehow Mo gets tied into, because I also kind of drifted in and out, uh, gets tied up with a bunch of scientists to go to the island with them to to save his son. And uh, there's a scene where the punchline I saw coming a mile away, and it still made me laugh, where he's talking about the Trank dart. With the scientist. And he's like, So it's not gonna hurt him? He's like, Not even a little bit. He's like, You're sure? He's like, Positive. And then he just shoots him with the gun. <laughs> yeah. and, and it got an actual, like, very real laugh out of me. And then when that scientist inevitably wakes up on the island, He's just fucking with them the whole time. Oh, is and this it, when he's
2: like, we should have brought toys and balloons. Kids love bombs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Like like he's just he's just a sarcastic asshole not taking it seriously in the slightest. It it almost is like out of nowhere in the movie. He just becomes Bill Murray from Ghostbusters where like everything's <laughs> a joke.
3: Like
2: it's
1: well, it's started then he's at giving, the shoe
3: store. That's oh, true. Dude, yeah. I have
2: notes from the shoe store uh we're ruining children's feet it's a conspiracy if we had shoes big enough we'd ruin your uh, yeah if we had shoes big enough we'd ruin your feet too he's talking to the parents it's so <laughs> fucking funny but it, so
3: weird it's like he i actually do enjoy him in this movie it's the only thing that kept me watching because it's like same he yeah. talks exactly like norman bates in the original psycho but if he was doing like stand-up
2: yeah it's like a- <laughs> a norman bates stand-up is yeah. an amazing idea
3: <laughs>
1: and i think it would sound a little something like
3: this did we watch the same (laughs) psycho i mean hey we all go a little mad sometimes am i right (laughs) (laughs) oh that worked out better than i thought it would um
1: (laughs) he goes back to calling everybody assholes when he's trying to have a conversation with his mutant baby in the jungle and he just says remember the assholes these are them still. Different faces. Still ass. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the mutant babies attack all of the scientists. Kill everybody. Leaving, leaving the one girl with the most wide, mortified look on her face humanly possible. Like it actually bothered me a little bit. She looks like Angela at the end of Sleepaway Camp. She's laying
3: there. <laughs> yeah, I felt bad the- Because it clearly wasn't like a dummy. So, like, that poor woman, like, okay, look shocked. Open your mouth. We're going to do a real slow shot.
0: Yeah. It's like
3: that (laughs) poor, poor woman. Uh,
1: But this is where Mo gets onto a boat. He gets on the escape boat, and the mutant baby family joins him, and he realizes that his son is the only thing that's keeping him alive at that point, because all the other ones don't trust him. Um, Inevitably, they throw him overboard, and give him something to float on so he can get back safely while they commandeer the boat where they need it to go.
2: And this is where we're missing Mo- the fact that that it's 5 years later and they are now fully grown mutant babies. Yeah, I was actually oh, going to yeah. say
3: something later on in the episode cuz I know how like Scott has an issue with like showing naked women when they're like 20 but they're supposed to be 17. And you see a five-year-old's breast in this movie. Now it's clearly (laughs) a pretty (laughs) old woman, but during the during the breastfeeding scene, it's just her nipple. I'm like, that is a five-year-old. That's supposed to be a (laughs) five-year-old. Yeah, that's that.
1: I I I got a note about 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 that that. weird (laughs)
3: that weird look. Um, so now
1: we jump to Mo's ex-wife or girlfriend, whoever she is, the one that birthed the mutant baby,
2: Karen baby, and Karen Black,
1: and Karen Black, and she's got her like. Shitty
2: greaser boyfriend, and he—oh man—he is not a boyfriend. No, he's whatever just, he is, yeah, he he's is. like a sugar daddy almost. Yeah, but
1: he talks about how he found out who she is, and he goes, "I was in a bookstore way back where they keep the porn." Yeah, that scene did make me <laughs> laugh. That seemed did make me laugh. <laughs> he's like, and there you were staring up at me from the back of a book. <laughs> 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 just insane but the mutant babies go all toxic adventure on a bunch of rapists as soon yeah, as they arrive solid. the the yep and i was like yeah
3: <laughs> that scene was so trauma like even the rapists were just such trauma like class of nukem high gang members oh, yeah they're just like laughing yeah.
2: maniacally and not really doing anything
3: insanely spiked hair spandex like suits like it was just I felt like I was watching a Truman movie first. Well, like, yeah. no, you know,
2: I gotta say that the the most fun I had thematically in this movie is that when you see Mo and Karen Black arguing at the beginning of the movie, she's in this bar and it's that she's working at and it's like a stand-up bar with I don't know, like uh, some sort of house band, like a jazz band or something. But then five years later, it is now a punk bar. And I'm like, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> punk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like,
1: um, so Moe shows up to try to find his ex-wife uh, because the mutant babies have maybe shown up at work, scared her off. She's ran home to get away. Uh, And they think her coworkers are suspicious of him because they think that he's the one that like scared her off in the first place. And then there's this real awkward cut where he like convinces the one coworker to give up where she lives. And she like gives that information real fast. And then it just immediately cuts. Like the second she finishes saying the address to Karen black. And it, it feels like there's more to that scene that ended up on the cutting room floor
2: because it's way too dramatic of a cut for me. I don't think that that is something that you should be worried about here because I'm very concerned. Yeah. I need to know what else happened. Yeah, yeah. so uh, I think that that story will never be told.
1: But the the mutants are on the roof. Karen Black, Mo, you're they're
2: missing on the, roof. the fact that the mutants are actually telepathic.
3: Yeah, I, and I don't know if this is like intended to be a reference. Probably not. But uh, the scene when he's carrying Karen Black on the roof looked almost identical to uh, the cabinet of Dr. Cal- Caligari. And I was like, that would be such a weird reference if they did it. But like just the way he was like running over the, the rooftops and it just looked exactly like it. I it may think. have been. I yeah.
1: feel like Larry Cohen was the type of dude who'd be like, I will make a reference to an infamous, like silent film from the 20s. Yeah. <laughs> like,
2: Maybe um, I can elevate my film by yeah. referencing someone else's.
1: Uh, but that's when the cops show up and they start getting tossed off the roof and the fucking shot of just black sky and slow motion of different guys just going,
3: whoa, same, <laughs> same voiceover for every single one. <laughs> ah! <laughs>
1: like, <laughs> oh, it's so it's like glorious. How bad the the green screen effect. Yeah. Is. That's not a
2: green screen.
1: Or whatever it is, whatever effect they're doing, it looks like trash, and I am all about it.
2: <laughs> yeah, this is, this movie really is more of a let Matt Kelly explain it to you kind of movie.
1: Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, then they agree to take the baby. So the the Because mutant, they're dying. Yeah, they're dying, and they take the baby, uh, which they keep saying is their son, but I feel like it's technically their grandson. That's no, no my you,
2: you heard it wrong. It's their grandson. Okay, so you take the
1: grandson, and then it has this weird, like the
2: graduate ending. Yes, with, like, I had that too. <laughs> well, grandma, and then they go, ha ha ha. ha, 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 ha. <laughs> it won't, <laughs> it, it yeah, won't they just, fucking stop. It's
1: it's so weird. It's such a strange, strange ending that's so unnecessary. You could just end with them holding the baby. And call it a day. But like I don't for some reason we get this weird car ride comedy. Yeah, but Larry Cohen
2: had no he had no chill and no no like filter. So that's what I'm noticing because this year, this calendar year, I've watched a lot of his stuff. Um because it's been on shutter since he died and things like that, and I've just been like, Oh, okay. Now I'm understanding. I mean, if I'm gonna go with this style of like seventies, eighties kind of schlockiness i'm gonna go pen and lauder but that's just me
3: um
2: but that's not a oh yeah he did die i forgot the larry cohen hey, he died, died uh yeah. this year i think
0: hi listeners i'm carolina and i'm tessa and together we are fem regard podcast mm, femme. we are a show dedicated to educating and entertaining underdeveloped filmmakers and film enthusiasts alike We love sharing our experiences as filmmakers, what we've learned and what we've gone through. And we love bringing on professional industry guests. We want our listeners to learn from the best and get an honest account of the bids. So come join the Fam and give us a listen every Friday. Streaming on all the major podcast platforms, including YouTube and our website, femregard.com. And of course, the Geekscape Network. All
1: right, so I actually don't, really know what my double feature would be for this. Um so I'm going to just take a shot in the dark and say Vegetable Gremlin. Um <laughs> so, uh no, I'm going to say I'll go with because Brian did say that it's kind of a trauma movie and I made a Toxic Avenger reference. I don't think it's on the caliber of the Toxic Avenger though. The caliber I'm gonna say yeah, I'm going to say it's a little bit of a surf Nazis must die type double feature night. Uh, both have like a beach theme. Both are real bad, but both are pretty good if you've got a group of friends a pizza and a case of beer.
2: So says the uh, guy who's never touched a drop of alcohol. In his uh,
1: life. I had a sip of vodka the other day because I didn't know that it was in the empty water bottle in our fridge.
2: <laughs> so, Why is there? An, uh, what? My dad's a party animal, man. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> Just leave it in the fucking bottle. <laughs> this is also why I never leave I I don't like vodka and I also would never have it in the house because it looks too much like water and I'm gonna take a big swig and be like oh now I'm drunk like it's just yeah. it's no, there's no there's no gray area there I was like did someone put I thought
1: like was there vinegar in there like I couldn't figure out what it was and I finally texted him a couple hours later and he's like
2: yeah it's vodka and you're like well that explains the hangover <laughs> yeah that tablespoon really fucked me up <laughs> All right, so,
3: Scott, what's your double feature?
2: Brian, what's your double feature?
3: (laughs) So, my double feature, it takes the island idea, but instead of people going to an island to find these monsters, they go to the island to get away from these monsters, but the monster follows them there and jaws the revenge.
2: Oh.
1: Ooh. Very nice.
2: Dude, I have no. All right, Scott, now your turn. I have no fucking clue. Like, but here's the thing is that, like, how many mutant baby movies are there? There's this and, like, what, Splice?
3: There's yeah. There's two other ones. It's alive and it's alive too. Yeah, I just.
2: Oh, aside with the franchise, you dick. I'm trying to find a movie that would, like, be fun because this movie is charming, I suppose, but it's just not. I would just go with a, an aquatic type horror. I know. No, that no, 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 no. I got it. You know but... what? I got it. We're going the Kindred because it's the exact same thing, but. Done Boom. Better.
1: There, there you go. That is the winner of the double features in oh, well, my heart.
2: Thank you, but it's just because I'm so obsessed with that movie. I was at a horror con with Mario and another guy yesterday, and uh, I <laughs> some there was some Blu ray. It was always oh, for popcorn and I was like, God, I love popcorn and I would buy this Blu-ray in a heartbeat if I had a blue player. And he was like, you don't? And I'm like, no, there's only one movie that is going to finally push me over the edge to buy one. And he was like, what's that? I was like, The Kindred. And he was like, I've never seen it. And I'm like, you're messing out. I've been telling you for a year to watch that movie.
3: <laughs> it's great. I think that was like the first one I fell in love with. Like on this, Which, no, ones. no, no, Black Roses was
2: before that. You, yeah. no, right?
3: no, 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 it wasn't because I watched the Kindred at Jade's apartment and I watched Black Roses at me and Jade's house.
1: Watch the Kindred in Jade's apartment, <laughs> <laughs> call the
2: phone out. On
1: I, the wall. I think, I think <laughs> it's so
3: disrespectful that we have this podcast. <laughs> When our double features were Surf Nazis Must Die, Jaws the Revenge, and the Kindred, and nobody picked the Island of Dr. Moreau, which is a yeah. an island with mutated humans. <laughs> island of
2: Dr. Moreau with uh, Val Kilmer. Uh, yes.
3: <laughs> yeah.
2: we, we done talked about it once. Yeah, was that, it was not, It was bad. That was actually on Miss Not Red Horror Club, right?
3: Yeah, that was on this. Could you oh, get yeah, a funny episode out of that? No. Yeah, I, I, wouldn't think, I feel like it's like too too much of a miss no. of a movie.
2: Yeah. No, we could not. <laughs> I think that um, I think that we had a good conversation, though.
1: I think there was. We some... did. We discussed it, but it was not funny. It was more just we mostly talked about the documentary about, about, say, about the Yeah, it was just the
2: doc that we talked about.
1: Um. So, real quick, before we dive into good things that we had seen this week, uh, Scott, you mentioned that you were at that con. And I know that you love to pick your obscure-ass cosplay that sometimes no one gets. Did a lot of people get the Torn Prince, or were you just walking
2: around like a mutated uh, jock all day? Well, so here's the thing. Uh, I'm glad that you asked, because you know how I have this this quasi-ironic but maybe also serious belief that we live in the Matrix? You know, it's like a, a simulation, computer simulation, and they're just fucking with us? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I I went and somebody knew who I was and right. he was like, let me introduce you to someone. So he walks me over to this vendor who uh, his name is Alan Tuskies. Is that the actor who played the Torn Prince? No, it's the guy oh. that worked on the prosthetics for the Torn Prince. Oh, shit. He lives <laughs> in Cleveland. <laughs> like how what? how how wild is that? Like that I pick an obscure costume, and the obscure guy that made the obscure costume or worked on it on the the set lives in town and was at this convention. It was not. It's not a big convention. Yeah, that's hysterical.
1: That's so awesome. Was, wild. He, was he like super excited?
2: He's he's kind of an older dude, so I, I had a hard time. Um, gauging his enthusiasm because he's—I mean—he's jaded as fuck. But he said he thought that I did a really good job, and I mean, I, this was my first sculpt, and I'm learning, and my first paint on liquid latex, and I think that I could have done a thinner prosthetic, and it would have been better. Blah blah. Like I—I I have a lot of things that I'm learning, you know. But uh, it was—he gave me his card and his phone number, and he was like, "Call me," and I was like, "Oh my god!" So I'm gonna try and have him be like a mentor it's 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 nice. just weird like it, it, life is funny um and i really love the fact that this is this is how this whole doing my own costumes well doing my own latex and resin pores and stuff started matt and i went to we uh pop rock and horror um back in may the end of may and i met a guy named joshua who was dressed up as uncle frank from hellraiser we hit it off we were talking all weekend and the conversation continued on um on instagram and he has tons of int- uh, information on how to do it yourself and so go like we weren't going to do pop rock and horror and then scott um hewitt put it together and Matt was like, why don't you come down? And I could make it happen. So I went down and did a costume there. And it's just like funny how life goes. And I wasn't going to go I wasn't gonna do another costume. And then I just did another costume and met the guy that did the, the character. It's just <laughs> such a it, it's
1: weird what this show has given each one of us because like I've gotten to meet some really cool people, but not really anyone who's like gonna help elevate what I do. It's just like, oh, I got to meet this cool person. You've gotten to like have these cool interactions with people that tie directly into like your love of music and art. And Brian got to strike out in front of one of his favorite actresses.
3: Yeah. <laughs> so, like,
1: so the podcast has been really good to all. Of us. Oh
3: man, oh man. I actually just talked about not getting a chance to meet Christina Ricci. <sighs> uh, know,
1: all right. So, what have you guys watched, listened to, read, etc.
3: That uh, you know was a positive in your day. Oh, last night, man, I watched Wreck It Ralph breaks the internet. <laughs> it's so fun, but it will make you tear up just a nope. little bit. It is, guys, it, it,
2: stop with the fucking Pixar
3: shit, dude. It, it's it's it, not it's not the saddest Pixar, Scott. It's just so fucking funny. It it was just like I, I I I couldn't believe how hard we laughed and like how well they just kind of mocked the internet. It, yeah,
1: the princesses steal that. The, movement, the, the princess
3: scene is, is super super fucking funny. Um it was just like wow, Disney's making fun of themselves. Like I thought it was really funny. Like when the princesses were trying to figure out she's a princess and they're like, does everyone think the only reason you got where you were was because a man came to your rescue and she's like yes and they're like, oh my God, she is a princess. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think my favorite
1: joke in that whole scene, though, is when uh, Maradon from Brave starts talking, and it's in a super thick Irish accent. No one can understand it, <laughs> and and the uh, what Penelope's like, did any of you guys understand that? And they go, no, she's from the other studio. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> That's fun. Like it's just it's so meta, but it also really tackles. Um, I feel like the growth of Ralph in that movie is, is relatable to a depressing level at some points where it's just like not letting your friends like live their own lives. Cause you're just like, but I need you in my life right now. Yeah. It's like, Oh yeah. I'm guilty of that. Sometimes <laughs> um, I went into the movies and I saw yesterday. Oh, which, how was, that? which was, so it's fine. Um, It's Danny Boyle. So it's got Danny Boyle's like really unique editing style. So it's visually interesting. The story is whatever. But if you want an excuse to just listen to two hours of the best songs by the Beatles, it's a really good way to kill two hours listening to the best songs of the Beatles. So uh, I had fun. It it was it was fun. It's not going to be in like my top 10 or anything, but. I'm glad that I saw it and I will probably buy the soundtrack because the covers were really, really good.
3: Yeah, it seemed like a Amazon Prime thing where it's like I'll wait percent oh, free on Amazon Prime.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean if I didn't get to go to these for free through the AMC card, this would definitely have been a I'll wait for the release mm-hmm. movie. And I feel justified in it was a wait for the release <laughs> movie, but it definitely wasn't a don't see it all. Gotcha.
2: Cool. All right, Scotty. Um, so, uh, Megan started watching a docuseries by Jordan Peele, uh, produced by Jordan Peele about Lorena Bobbitt. Oh. oh like
3: Bobbitt. Brian loved that I thing. loved it.
2: <laughs> um, it's, so, uh, I caught half of it last night after I got back from the con while well, she was, like, chilling out and I was just getting all the prosthetic adhesive off my face. Um, and, is it me or was John Bobbitt plastered during his interviews? Probably. So yeah, it, like I don't know how I feel. I mean, I, I think it's really well made. I just don't know how I feel about the people involved because I think is it multiple episodes or is it just one long?
3: It's it's multiple episodes and like, it. I would I would strongly suggest finishing it because well, Megan
2: will. I just. I, I, I was I was kind of half involved because she was watching it and I was doing other stuff, but I could hear and I like stuck my head in a bunch.
3: Yeah, like they're just it was they were very good storytellers and it. But the way the the what makes them such good storytellers is I'm afraid like after watching it, I'm like man I'm afraid people are going to watch the first episode, call bullshit on it and then not finish it because they definitely try to make you think one way on like the first episode and then completely change your mind. The other episodes without giving away too many spoilers.
2: I mean, I know what happens in the end, you know, his dick gets cut off.
3: Yeah. But I'm I'm <laughs> talking about like uh villain, you know, villain versus victim. Yeah. Who, yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: I, I feel like they're really setting it up to, to fuck with you. Yeah.
3: Yeah. So it's it, it was yeah, it was really well done,
2: yeah I mean I, I I was impressed by it i I'm not a documentary person, Megan is, but I am by proxy, you know, I mean, I like documentaries, I just don't seek them out. Megan does, and I watch them and enjoy them
1: well, speaking of really good things, we just finished talking about Island of the alive <laughs> it's alive part three uh released in nineteen. 19- 87 and was picked by me uh join us next week when we talk about another sequel that came out in the 90s though that uh you know we're gonna have to take our time to really focus in on what we want to talk about with that one but if you want to hear more conversations about how much we love summer horror films uh or at least i do because they're all of my picks until the end of august uh, then head out over to our Patreon, patreon.com backslash podcast and listen to our little 10 minute conversation about how much we love these summer horror films. Uh, in the meantime, you can go and check out our social media at HMN podcast on all of our social media feeds and our website HMNpodcast.com. Send us some emails. Uh, we are doing listener submit it month very, very soon, although we may have possibly picked. Uh, the movies by the time this comes out but who knows put them in just in case and we'll save them for the following month that we do that uh and that is all so we'll be back next week bye
0: So come join the fem Fam and give us a listen every Friday. Streaming on all the major podcast platforms, including YouTube and our website, femregard.com. And of course, the Geekscape Network. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.